Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast. I'm Troy Dreyfus, and on today's episode, I'll go one-on-one with East Carolina University's head football coach, Mike Houston. We'll talk about the future of the football program under his leadership as he enters year number three as head coach. Sit back and relax. Enjoy today's Pirate Radio Podcast as we talk to ECU football coach, Mike Houston. Coach, great to see you. Thanks for being in studio with us. Good to be seen, so... 2021's off to a fast start. It is, and it's hard to believe, but the signing day, the second signing day, it kind of crept up on us. It was already, it almost got like it's not, not, it's not anticlimactic anymore. Yeah, know? I wanted to ask you, if, you know, was there any real big news out of that second signing day for you? And, and where are the Pirates as far as now that you're officially done recruiting from last year? As you know, it, it never ends. It still goes. I say we're not year. done yet. Yeah, so, but, uh, and, and I wanted to get yeah, to that as far as. Right. What spots might still be open, right. what needs you might have. But as, as the official recruiting period is over, what was your take on it? So, um, you know, we did, you know, most of our work uh, we finished up with in December and signed a, a class that we really, really like. It's a smaller class than last year just because we don't have as many spots uh, as we did a year ago. Um, you know, we, we added a couple of guys uh, in that second signing period, um, but we're holding uh, four four counters right now. Uh, and just in, in anticipation of kind of what the spring and summer is going to be like from the transfer portal standpoint, uh, and also just from a need standpoint, you know, the needs we have right now are primarily older, experienced players, uh, and we don't have many. Uh, you know, the roster as we sit here today is drastically changed from where it was two years ago, and it's very stable. And uh, I like our roster. I like where it is heading into uh, into the 21 uh, fall season. But I think there's a couple of spots, you know, here and there where if we can find the right fit, we can really, you know, set ourselves up to uh, you know to significantly improve ourselves. So. Uh, you know, the 2021 recruiting cycle is kind of over, but kind of not over. You mentioned you had four spots still available. Back in the day, when you first started getting in this business, it was pretty much you you would have to go the junior college route to kind of get some right. age and experience on the team in a hurry. Nowadays, man, it's changed. With this transfer portal, you don't have to go well, just the junior I, college route. I, I guess you, you've got all types of options. It's going to continue to change, which is good and bad. I mean, I, I'm not uh, a huge proponent of the way I think it's going to change, but uh, but you got to roll with it. You know, you got to you got to play the game. So uh, I think that you're going to see a lot more activity in the transfer portal this spring uh, than you've seen in the past. Uh, I also, unfortunately, I think you're going to see a lot of guys not have a home because there's not going to be enough spots. I mean, I, we've got four we're holding. Uh, there's some teams that have none they're holding, mm-hmm. but you have these high volume of guys looking for a place. And yeah. it's, it's no different than the job market. You right. have more people looking for a job than you have jobs to be had. Yeah. What, what are the key needs that you are looking to fill? Well, you know, I think older, experienced offensive line uh, is, is probably the biggest thing we're looking for. Um, you know, I think that uh, with, you know, I think I like – our guys we have coming back, but I think you know a couple of older guys because our young guys maybe aren't quite ready for you know for that starting spot just yet. Um, you know, with Blake uh, declaring for the draft, uh, we'd like to find an experienced receiver to add to the guys we have coming back. You know, obviously we have some you know you know pretty uh, you know top end players in that uh, in that room coming back, but you know a guy that could really you know kind of be that guy opposite CJ right on the other side of the field. Uh, you know, make people uh, keep people from kind of bracketing uh, Snead in the slot. Yeah, uh, that kind of guy, uh, and then uh, you know, pass rusher on defense. 
you mentioned O-line. We all watched the Super Bowl. And we saw how even at the pro level, uh, the Chiefs, when they were a little bit right off their you know top tier guys, and right. what a difference it made with uh, Mahomes and the protection. Right. I mean, even at that level, as good as those guys are, sure, they, I thought they had a little bit of a weakness there with their sure. offensive line, and yeah. it really cost them. And injuries, uh, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have things happen, uh, and so the more depth. The more quality, experience, depth you can have, then the more prepared you are for those situations. So, um, is that the toughest position to recruit a, a really good offensive lineman? Because it just seems it's hard to find those guys. Well, we're all looking for them. We're all looking for the same guy. You know, it's. Uh, I think at this level, uh, I think it is the hardest. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're all looking for the same thing. We're looking for the top end D lineman, the top end O lineman. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to uh, kind of get our defensive line fixed. You know, I, I really like that group, and they're young, and they're going to be here for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I want to get our offensive line to the same place. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we added some, some pieces that are going to be really good in time. Uh, and uh, Richard Pierce, uh, uh, Phillips, uh, Kiwan Phillips from uh, down in Florida, you know, those two guys, uh, you know, Kanan Clark, uh, you know, those guys are going to be really good in time, but the one thing on the offensive line it is unrealistic to expect a freshman to come in and play immediately. And so that's, that's why we you, know, you need those older guys. Talking to ECU head football coach Mike Houston on today's Pirate Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in, whichever platform you happen to choose. And, Coach, you mentioned the four spots available. What, what's the timing on that? Because, obviously, you'd love to have a full roster going into spring ball, and, and I'm sure that's the goal, but sometimes – the timing on this, you got to wait to see where right. the opportunity to strike is, too. So what's your goal, goal for it? You're not going to have them for spring practice. Um, you know, I think you could see one of the spots uh, fill up in the next week. Uh, we're pretty close on one of them. Uh, the other spots, I think you'll see us fill those up in May. I mean, I, th- I think you'll see them. You'll There'll see be a shakeout it. after spring ball. Was right. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and really for us, the ideal thing is just to make sure we have them here for mid-May in the beginning of first session of summer school. That way yep. they can start training with Big John. Speaking of Big John, how are winter workouts going? Good. i got to imagine you're uh, neck deep in that right now. Yeah. So how, how is that process happening now? This is year three of winter workouts for yeah. you guys. Well, I mean, I, th- I think John and his staff are, you know, they're settled. You know, they're kind of in their groove. And, you know, with missing so much time last year, they've been chomping at the bit for this. Uh, we we push spring practice you know late, uh, and we have not started mat drills yet. We're not going to start those until the end of February to give John really eight solid weeks of nothing but his guys with our players, you know, with with not much coach interaction as far as uh, training. And so right now they're going five days a week. Uh, I, I left the weight room a little while ago. They just finished up this morning, so. You know, he's got him in, in, in groups. You know, he's got his, his, his barbell benders. So this is basically strength and conditioning, not a lot of football right now. This is just yeah. getting bigger, faster, stronger. That, that's it. Now, you know, the players are doing some football stuff on their own, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, they're, they're lifting and, uh, and running five days a week right now. What is the COVID protocol for you guys now off season? Cause I know in season we talked with you. It was kind of getting a little crazy. It felt like every other day you were in there getting your <laughs> nose swabbed. Uh, wh- what is it for you guys right now? We're you once know? a week. Okay. So it's down to once a We're week. Once a week. What is the situation? How how has that been going? Because it doesn't get reported on, obviously, when right. you're in season. I'm sure things right. still pop up and guys have to go into certain protocols, whether or not they have it or not, or contact yeah. tracing. But how has it been in the off season versus the in season part of it? Yeah, we've got it pretty under control right now. You know, 
most of the teams already had it. So <laughs> that's what I was, was going to assume. So, so we got one current positive right now. You know, the negative is, you know, if a guy gets a runny nose or if he gets the common cold or whatever, I mean, they quarantine him immediately. And mm-hmm. so we got guys that are getting quarantined periodically for a day. And their tests will come back negative, and and then they're out. But uh, I, I say it's going a, a heck of a lot smoother than it did last uh, summer and last fall. Now I saw uh, wasn't too long ago, <clears throat> Coach Dooley had a uh, positive test result. Now he was fine; yeah. he was asymptomatic right. from uh, everything I talked to Coach about. But uh, knock on wood, how, how about you? Have you still been able to uh, avoid it? I've, I've avoided it so far, or I had it and didn't know it. Yeah, and know, that's a good too. run because yeah. you're, it, it's it's. You're getting tested all the time. Right. So I think if you had it, you would have, even if you're right. asymptomatic, you would have found out that you right. had it. Right. Yeah. So and you're I, doing something right, Coach. Well, and I've, I've, I think I've been lucky because, I mean, I've been around the, the kids yeah. constantly. So it's, and I think, I think some of this stuff is luck, you know, with the transmission. I so. agree. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason sometimes uh, yeah. how, how people get it and, and even how it affects different people. Everybody's right. different. It's, right. it's really interesting. But you mentioned spring ball. Uh, last year, I think spring ball, it just got totally, this happened right yeah. as spring ball was getting ready to kind of kick in. It right. kind of like screwed up the whole deal. There was no spring game, screwed up all the Correct. spring workouts. And you really lost that whole which time that you really needed right. with the team. It kind of put you back. What about this year? What's the? You, you mentioned pushing the time frame back, which I right. think is smart because all the numbers are getting better and better. Obviously, right. the weather hopefully will be better and yeah. better, too. Um, what does spring ball look like to you this year? Well, you know, it's biggest thing is just we're excited to get it. You know, it's we haven't had a player that we've recruited that's had spring practice yet. You know, we've we've only had one spring practice since I've been here. Yeah, and that was when I first got here. So that's kind it's, of a, it's crazy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I mean, it's C.J. Johnson's never had spring practice. So uh, and it's just so if we, when you think of it from that uh, standpoint, it's you know when I said we were robbed of a development year. I mean, it's. For a young program, we were just robbed of a development year. So, yeah. we're, we're, so everybody's just like Big John right now. He's so excited for this time because you're seeing these kids change their uh, their bodies change every single day. I mean, it's just the, they're 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 growing, they're developing, they're trimming up, they're getting stronger, all that. So you know, we're excited about those same opportunities from a football standpoint on the field uh, because getting a chance to really take time and work with them because. You know what time you got during preseason camp last year? You were frantically trying to catch up and get ready for the season. Yeah. Um, so well, you're preparing for your opponents. Where right. in the spring you can really just focus on yourself. Exactly. So you know we're going to start uh, March 15th. Uh, we're going to go three days a week, and then uh, spring game is scheduled for April 17th. Uh, so we're you know we're starting late, we're spreading it out, and we're we're having the spring game about as late as you can have it with where final exams are. So. Uh, it's going to be a time where we really have a chance to grow. You know, uh, you think about, you know, like Bruce Bivens and some of those guys. This is the first time they've had the same defensive coordinator and same position coach two years in a row. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they know the system. You know, they feel so much more comfortable going into year two with Blake. Uh, you know, the offensive kids feel so much more comfortable going into year three with Donnie that, uh, you know, now you can really, you can really do some things schematically in addition to developing, you know, those young, 
young running backs, those young D linemen, you know, all those freshmen that we played with last year, you're getting a chance to kind of bring them along this spring. So consistency is important in any yeah. team, in any job. You know, the, the more consistency you have, the better. Play, right. You know, employees know what to expect, players know what to mm-hmm. expect, and then they can hopefully you, you guide them to perform at their best. Uh, this is year three for you. This is, a, you know, year three, and we've talked about I remember talking, this is one of the first conversations we had. You're like, hey, look. Let's talk in year three. Judge, uh, let, right. let me get through the program. So this is kind of a big, and you know, look, in the business you're in, people are judging all the time. You know, and you're, you're, sure. <laughs> you're, your judgment day is Saturday. is on a right. scoreboard. You can do all the right things, Mike, as you know, the entire right. year. And if you don't win, that's what ultimately you're held accountable right. for in your business. But you know that, and that's why right. you're, you're paid a lot of money to deal with that and to be successful. Um, this is a kind of a big judgment year, year three. Where do you right. see, what, what are your expectations and how do you feel you should be judged in year three? Well, I mean, I think that uh, I think you can look at the program as a whole going into year three. You know, e- even with COVID and being robbed of all that stuff in year two that you typically would have, you still look at the program as a whole. And like I said earlier, you know, when I got here, the roster was you know it was a wreck. I mean, we played with seventy seventy two scholarships the first year I was here. It's, you had no depth. Um, you know, you had you had off the field problems. You had you had grade problems. It was just there's a lot of problems. Um, you know, you sit here right now. We have good young. Did depth. it take how long did it take to kind of clean up the the stuff you inherited? At least a year. At least. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like by the time we got to the season last fall, we had most of it fixed. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, I felt like, you know, we talk about the process of cleaning things up. It's just the guys guys that don't have the same kind of character, the same kind of work ethic, the same kind of drive. They just can't survive daily with the way we operate. You know, they're, they're going, they're going to, they're going to falter. They're going to fall out. They're going to, you know, they're not going to make it. Yeah. So, you know, I think you got a group right now that everybody's excited. Uh, the kids are confident. You know, they're confident in each other. They're confident in themselves. You know, they can look around. They see a lot of good players around them. Uh, we're still young. Uh, but, you know, you, you, when you look at stability, you know, you have stability all throughout the program now. And that's something that, you know, the, the program's been missing since Ruffin McNeil left. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Yep. Um, and so you have that going into year three, which gives you a chance. Well, and it's the old analogy that, you know, before you can figure out where everyone needs to sit on the bus, who's going to be on the bus with you? Right. You know, right. so I think that was a big part of it is who can make it on the team to the level you need it to be and then figure right. out everybody's role. Right. You know, when I got here, honestly, you know, you you're you're a better program than UConn and that's it. You know, now, you know, we're we're knocking off other other programs in the conference. We're competing with some of the top programs in the conference. So you have a program now that's you know, it's highly competitive. Um, so, you know, yeah, we got a tough schedule this fall. I mean, anybody, anybody can look at it and see it's not a, it, it ain't an easy one. But I think you've, you've got a program now that's going to be highly competitive every Saturday. And, you know, we have high expectations. You know, we, we have, we have, ex, we have the conference championship trophy is on the wall in the players' locker room. You know, that's, we want to compete for championships. And, you know, the program is improving to that, to that point every year. So, uh, it's going to be exciting to see where we are in year three. Obviously, big goals that you have, and as you mentioned, a conference championship. What are the realistic goals for 2021 for this program? As you look down and say, hey, look, this is where I'd like to be realistically when we talk this time next year. Well, I mean, I I think that I expect us to be competitive in every game this year, every single one of them. I expect us to have a chance to win every single week. You know, 
We all have goals of a winning season. We all have goals of a bowl game. You know, I think it's going to be it's going to be challenging because you're playing a challenging schedule and you're in a challenging conference. But I think we got as good a shot as anybody. Where do you think this program, East Carolina, stacks up in the conference currently? It is a tough conference. It is. Um, I think it's. I think we're higher than we were two years ago. Uh, I think we're obviously not uh, not at the top with Cincinnati right now. So I think we're somewhere in between. Um, I think that I think it's. I think really and truly, you know, you've you're at the point now where it's kind of a make it or break it for um, for a lot of decisions. You know, if we want to take this program where all of our fan base wants it to go, then you know we're going to have to heavily invest right now because you've got good young talent. Uh, but uh, you know, I know this is a COVID time and investment's tough. But uh, you know, now now's the time to capitalize. That's what I told the kids. You know, this opportunity we have right now, this window this year, we have an opportunity to capitalize on, you know, the extra year of eligibility everybody has, the experience that those young players got last year. You know, all those freshmen that played last year yeah. that weren't ready to play yet, they're not inexperienced anymore. Right. They have, they're now they're experienced young guys. Yeah. And so you have a chance to really capitalize right now and, and get the program back on the track that it was back in, you know, the late 2008, 2009, you know, the 2011, 2012, 13, all where the program was right in that in that uh, in that point where it was highly competitive. We have a chance right now to get the program back there. Talking to ECU head football coach Mike Houston on the Pirate Radio podcast as we talk about the future of ECU football under his direction. Once again, Pirates open up this year. Thursday, September 2nd, barring any unforeseen craziness. (laughs) Hopefully uh, that will happen. And it will be in Charlotte, North Carolina, for a visit with the Appalachian State Mountaineers. So that will be a fun game to kick off the season. Coach, everybody is always talking about it doesn't matter what level of football, from peewee to high school to college to pros, uh, there's one position that gets all the attention, as you know, and that's the quarterback position. Right. You've got a pretty seasoned uh, that Holt Naylor. Hard to believe Holt Naylor's is now getting ready to be the uh, old guy in the, yeah. uh, in the in the locker room. Uh, first of all, is he, is he health, how is he doing health-wise? Is he coming Good. in uh, spring ball 100%? Yeah, he is. You know, he, he and I talked, uh, you know, after the season last year and, you know, some things he needed to, to do physically. And, uh, he's working very hard on that right now and, and, and probably in as good a shape, uh, in, the, in those regards, health and, you know, kind of size and strength and mobility that, uh, these Vince's I got here. So I, I'm excited for him this spring. Uh, you know, just, you know he's he's at the point now where it's not like he has to go out there and prove he's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, he's got to go out there and consistency is going to be the big thing for him this spring, but more importantly, you know, fall camp going into the season. I know you've always said, hey, look, every position there's competition sure. everywhere constantly. Uh, is there a quarterback competition going on, or is he the starter going into this year? Well, I mean, I think you have to you got to be realistic. I mean, until until somebody beats him out, he's the starter. You know, I, I think, and until somebody can compete with him, uh, there's not a competition. And so, I think it's up to everybody else in the room because it's not like Holton's going to sit there and just rest on his laurels. He's right. a driven competitor, so he's going to continue to improve. And it's up to everybody else in the room to rise to his level uh, and, and compete with him. Uh, and I think he needs that. I think I think we need some of the young, talented guys to really push Holton because I think it'll help Holton. 
Um, you know, but right now, you know, hey, let's be let's be honest. He's at a different level right now than everybody else in the room. Let's talk about the guys backing him up. Yeah, uh, who's left in the quarterback room? There's been some a little bit of shakeup in there. Let's uh, break down the the guys that in the future hope to be uh, leading this Pirate football team. Well, I mean, every, everybody knows Mason Garcia's. You know, the probably the next one you're going to talk about. I mean. He looks as as good physically as I've ever seen him look. I mean, I was talking to him in the hallway a couple of days ago, and it's like you're talking to a defensive end. I mean, he's certainly he's a big kid. Yeah. He's an impressive athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a big spring for him. Uh, you know, he's got a he's got a transition from be, being you know that big athletic kid that's better than everybody else on the field to you know becoming a, a college quarterback. And so I think that's the real challenge for him is is becoming more of what Holton is this spring, yeah. uh, and that way he can compete compete with him. Um, and it's probably good that he gets to ease into it a little bit too. And I mean, isn't that kind of a perfect scenario that you have a, a, a guy you can trust, that like Colton Ailes, yeah. to be your starting guy, and then you can, you can almost groom the next guy under his leadership? It's what you want, you know, it's, it's what you want. It's it's uh, it's it's what's best. Um, but you know the realistic thing is, you know Holton's one play away from not being there, so we've got to get yeah. we got to get whoever's next ready to play. And so I think you know Mason Garcia, Ryan Stubblefield, Alex Flynn—they were all on the roster last year. They're all going to be competing for that number two job. Uh, you know this spring uh, we do have the mid-year enrollee Walter Simmons from uh, Florida. He's a he's a true freshman. He is an elite athlete. I mean he is dynamic. Um, and so he'll he'll be in there too. So you got a good group of guys right there that are going to be competing. They all they're all different. You know, you go from you know five nine Ryan Stubblefield to six five Mason Garcia, and you know Alex and, and Walter have their strengths also. So it's uh, it's going to be a, a big competition there for the number two spot, and number three spot this spring. Mike, there's been a, a few new faces on the coaching staff. Not a major adjustment, but in this business, as you know, guys move on and different things happen. And, and you've had a couple adjustments on right. the staff and uh, some of the positions down the line, so to speak. Tell us about the new guys that uh, have joined on the team now. Well, Tim Doust uh, joins us uh, coaching our, our ends and rushes and our special teams coordinator. And uh, really excited about him. Uh, significant uh, experience at the FBS and Power 5 level. Uh, he was a special teams coordinator at Syracuse a few years ago. He's been a defensive coordinator. Uh, real driven guy. He's going to bring a lot of energy. He's going to bring a lot to uh, the defensive room from a game plan standpoint. He's going to bring a lot of attention to detail uh, to the special teams. Uh, so really excited about Tim joining us. And uh, Chris Foster uh, is our new running backs coach. Uh, you know, uh, Darrell had been with me for a while and, and had done a great job. And, and in this business, when you have guys like that to do a great job, you know, it's other people come looking for them. So, uh, but really excited uh, to have Chris. I showed him my list of names when I started uh, looking for a replacement. And I had about 25 names I went through. The, the first name on the list was Chris Foster. And so, you know, you got the guy that you wanted. Uh, he's uh, high energy. Uh, he's fiery. He's going to bring, some, uh, you know, a level of toughness to that position. Um, you know, he. the most impressive thing, I think, when looking at his time at Georgia Southern was in the last three years, his running backs, and they're a run-heavy team, his running backs had three fumbles in the last three years, none in the 2020 season. So, you know, his, his ability to bring toughness and ball security and, and uh, that edge to that, uh, to that running back room is going to be important. I guess you find out a little bit more about your program and yourself when you're 
starting to hire out a couple new guys, yeah. and you make those calls to find out what what they think. You know, if you right. it's either good or bad. Hey, yeah, I like, I can't wait to get there. No, I'm good where I'm at. Right. What was the feedback? It sounds like you were getting some good feedback when you started that process. No, we had a we had a deep list, uh, and really came down. We had two candidates that were kind of head and shoulders above the rest, and and Chris, you know, I've known Chris for 15 years. Uh, you know, Chris is has a great name in recruiting in the southeast. Uh, has a great reputation in our in our business, and so really that's that so he really felt as good about him. coming here as you did about him. Oh yeah, him saying yeah. basically that it was kind of a mutual type of deal. Yeah. No, he was enthusiastic to be here, and and you know they they tried to keep him down there. I mean, he was the associate head coach. You know, they made a counter offer uh, to try to keep him on staff at Georgia Southern, but you know he wanted to be here. He knew he he knows me, and he you know, I think another thing he knows what our room our running back room looks like. You know, it's, this is an opportunity for somebody to come in. We have, you know, two returning talented players in Keaton and Rajay, and then you know, Pop McKay uh, coming in uh, this summer uh, is a real top end talent as well. Then you got you know Blake Harrell, who isn't new anymore, but still kind of right. feels new. Uh, but man, I, I thought he what a first year debut by him as defensive coordinator. You're did he meet your goals and expectations as far as what you thought he could do? I mean, I think it's. You know, it's and listen. I know everybody said, "Well, everybody had to deal with this," but you're talking about a defensive coordinator that came in um, with some new defensive staff. Came in right as COVID team. hit, right? Yeah, he gets here, COVID hits. He doesn't get any time with the players. Doesn't get spring practice. Doesn't get summer. So he's I just, think by the time summer rolled around, I had talked to him more than the players had. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least in face to face. So you're installing the scheme and teaching. As you're getting ready for games, yeah, and so I think if you look at all things considered, um, I thought he did an exceptional job. You know, our in conference stats, and I know stats. Uh, I'm not a big stat guy, but you know, we look at them. We were we were a hundred yards per game better defensively this year than last year. We we're almost ten points per game scoring uh, better this year than last year. So significant improvement. Um, not where we want to be yet. You know, I expect as significant of an improvement from last season to this season. Uh, and I think that's one of the big reasons we have a chance to see, you know, a jump in our, our level of competition. Guy behind the scenes uh, recently left, just uh, had an opportunity for him and his family to, to do something new, J.P. Gunter. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, fans may not be as familiar with him, but man, well, he did a really, I thought, great job for you guys behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, he, he really did. Worked very hard, very organized, did a great job with our branding. Uh, you know, a lot... All the stuff you see on Twitter and you see with recruiting and all that, you know, that's his his department does all that stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, excited for him and his uh, new career and uh, and for his family and what uh, you know what they're going to be able to do. But uh, hard guy to replace. Uh, we have replaced him. I shared with you before we yep. got on air. Uh, should be announcing his replacement at some point, uh, possibly over the weekend at the latest, early next week. Uh, and that's an important position too. Yes, kind of keep yeah. things rolling. With the and, uh, yeah, and we, and, and we really we found the perfect guy. We found a, exactly what I was looking for. I think it's a guy that can take all the work that JP did and kind of take it to the next level. Uh, has significant uh, FBS experience. Uh, has 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 been the guy. Uh, so really excited about his replacement. Had a few players exit the program to try and take their skills to the pro level. You've got. Uh, um, trying to think offhand. Uh, you got Blake Prohl, who is yep. uh, going to try and make in the NFL. Jake Verity. Yep. Uh, Deontay Smith. 
right. just uh, those guys coming. Down. I might be missing somebody, but no, I think those are the it. big three anyway. Yeah. Is there going to be? I saw the NFL announce no combine right. this year. Is there a pro day at ECU yes. this year? And um, when will that be? Uh, I think it's March 30th is the date. Okay. Uh, to Ron Williams, our director of player so That's even more important than ever now. Yeah, it is with no uh, combine. So uh, Teron Williams is he's he's coordinating that and does every year he's our NFL liaison. So we expect that you're going to have scouts. Um, you know, you wondered for a while if you're going to have scouts, but we've been told that the NFL is going to allow scouts to be here. So it'll be a COVID protocol pro day, but we will have a pro day, and it will be it will be important. I love going out there. I, that's one of those things. I don't know if we'll be allowed out there. I don't there know or either. Not, but I, I, that's one of the things I really enjoy watching those right. guys and participate. That's that's something uh, cool to see every year. But well, uh, I think all three have a great shot. Um, I think Deontay, you know, definitely getting himself uh, healthy and uh, also getting his weight up uh, before the Senior Bowl practices really helped him. Uh, and he did well there, um, so I think I think he's got a real shot. He's going to con- he's continuing. They're all three continuing to train. Um, I think Jake has a great shot. Just um, you know, that's, that's the reason he declared uh, him with the other kickers that are coming out this year. I think he stacks up well. I think you'll definitely see him in somebody's camp. I think he's, he'll have a great shot to make somebody's roster. Uh, and I think Blake, it, it, just the timing. Uh, you know, just the decision he made, just the timing for him was his best chance. And yeah. uh, I, th- I don't think Blake's done developing yet. Uh, I saw a picture so. of him recently. He looked like he got a little even more he's, jacked he's, up. He's, he's, start, he's starting to get bumps on his arms. I was so. like, he's a little bit bigger but, than uh, I remember seeing I just, him. So. I, don't think, I don't think Blake is... I don't, I don't think he is as good as he's going to get yet. Yeah. And so I, I hope he still has somebody, a high ceiling, as right? They said. I hope somebody can see that potential in him, because I think you look at him three years from now, I think he'll be a guy that's that's going to be ready to to play at that level. Yeah. Well. And I would have loved to see him stay here, and I'm sure you would sure. too. And, and sure. Look, his dad has a lot of NFL experience, and right. I'm sure some great advice. But if he felt the timing was better now, he's got to right. do what's right for him. But no doubt, I, I agree with you. I think he could have really become a big star in this program. Right, this season, if he was here, right, and it's just, you know, the other thing we talk about where the program is. I mean, the program culture-wise is the where, you know, the kids, the kids and the staff and everybody. I mean, it's a it's a very trusting atmosphere. It's one where we're all trying to help each other, and so you know, although I wish Blake was here for another year or two, you know, I also, you know, want what's best for him personally. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it was, it's one of those things where you're excited for him and you hate to see him go. Talking to Mike Houston with ECU football, kind of a past, present, future type of deal as we like to discuss the Pirates with the leader of the Pirates, Coach Mike Houston here on the Pirate Radio Podcast. Coach, I want to throw out a couple names of guys that are in the program now that I, when I'm out in the community, people ask me about. I'm like, well, right. that's, that's a good Mike Houston question. You know, I'm not the football coach. They, <laughs> I get a lot of questions I think people think because we talk that I can answer, but I'm not your spokesman. You know, I do I do enjoy having a relationship with you. But, a lot of uh, people think they are I, my yeah, but I'm not Coach Houston's <laughs> spokesman, so I can't always answer. So I'll ask you these questions. Sure. People ask me, hey, what's the latest with Travion Freshwater? You know, he's, he's kind of seemed to be moved in position. Uh, right. A position change. They haven't heard as much about it. They had a lot of, uh, obviously, attention coming into the program. Right. Just from his high school career and proximity. But what, what's the latest with him, and what's the expectations for him next season? He needs to have a good spring. He needs to step up and compete with everybody else. So he's a nice kid. And what position is he in? He's, he's, he's at tight end, which okay. is where he wanted to be. So we give him the opportunity to tra- transition there. But uh, he needs to compete with the rest of the guys on the roster. 
All right. Uh, C.J. Johnson, your expectations for him? Uh, my expectations are extremely high for C.J. C.J.'s expectations are extremely high for himself. Uh, you know, he's gotten his weight down. Uh, you know, he's in the low 220s, which I think is where he needs to be. Uh, he looks really, really good right now. So, so he's doing well training-wise. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think he he and I had a, a a long sit down during the Christmas break, and you know he really responded well with that. And uh, I, I think he's got to push himself this spring, and, but he didn't have last spring. Yeah. He's got to push himself to get beyond being the guy with a lot of potential that had a pretty good freshman year. You know, he he needs to become you know, a go-to guy in our offense and a guy that, you know, is consistently producing week in and week out, and he can be. He wants that. We want that. So I think that's a big focus for everybody this spring. What are some of the guys that, that you see that aren't household names, that aren't big names to fans yet, but you see the potential, hey, here's a guy, here's some guys to maybe keep an eye on that can become big-name guys? I mean, I, th- I think we have a lot. I mean, I think we have several guys there. Um, and, you know, it's... You really could go kind of position by position. Yeah. I think there's guys at every position. You know, you could look at a guy that got some playing time last year, Shane Calhoun, who I think has a high ceiling and could really come along. You could look at a new guy like Ryan Jones, who is an elite athlete, uh, you know, changing the offensive side of the ball that has a high ceiling. Um, you know, at, at wide receiver, you know, you do have the experience of CJ and Snead. I mean, everybody, everybody in the world knows who those guys are. You know, I think Audie, you know, he had a solid year last year. Uh, you know, you'd like to see him come on and develop and, and really come along. You'd like to see some of those other young guys uh, that have been kind of backup guys, Josiah Hatfield. You know, you'd like to see those guys come along. So I think there's a lot on that offensive side. Um, you know, defensively, I think it's you got you just got a lot of guys. You know, you got a lot of guys over there on that side, defensive line. You know, you got the Rick DeBrayu who had a, a kind of a breakout year last year, um, but I think you've got those young guys, Deontay Johnson, JV McCray. Um, uh, I've, I've gone, I've gone blank, blank. There's blank, a lot blank, of guys. Blank, blank on my, on my, my big. You're doing guy, better than I am, coach. My it's sorry, uh, McIver. I went blank on McIver. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like a house. But you know, those guys. So exciting to see those guys. They're going to be good players. They they had great good I say good years last year I won't say great but good years for freshmen last year mm-hmm. you'd like to see them really come along and become those standout guys yeah you know Romero Stinson yeah there's just so many that you're so excited about that really have a lot of potential and, and that's the thing someone's going to step up and yeah. become like the guy after this right. season and then it's a challenge hey who's ready to step up and become that right role right I mean. You know, you look at Jacoby Simpson uh, coming into that linebacker room, and that linebacker room now all of a sudden you actually have depth and talent. You know, you you've got the the veteran guys, Xavier and Bruce and Aaron. You got the young guys, Taylor and Eric Doctor and Miles Berry, and then and then you got Jacoby coming in who has a very high ceiling. I mean, it's going to be exciting to see the competition in that room this spring. You ended the season on such an up note with the SMU victory. Has that carried over now? Have you seen that carry over in the winter workouts and in the, as you get ready to enter spring ball? I think that's the way we finished the season. You know, we had those highly competitive games in the middle with Tulsa and Navy. You know, coach, you're almost there. You know, you're. you're but you had to finish the season with those two wins, Temple and SMU, and winning it the way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just. 
it is the perfect it's part of that you know capitalizing on the moment because you can feel the confidence and the energy and the enthusiasm and you know the kids know that you know we're capable of going out there and going toe to toe with any of them and you know and that excites them and uh, have Coach Smith on quite often on on the station, and uh, former defense coordinator with the Pirates, and you're yeah. a coach. And he says he always tells me all the time, "Hey, look, uh, winning is contagious, but so is losing." And unfortunately, exactly. East Carolina had a lot of losing before you right. got here, and it became contagious. And it's like the guys almost <laughs> didn't know how to win. They right. kind of have to be reprogrammed in many ways. Correct. To hey, this is how we want to train, and this is how we need to win a game. This is how we need right. to finish. And but the winning can become contagious too. No doubt. I mean, it's you know you just had to get through all that crap in year one with showing up on time and actually working hard, the and actually competing, and and actually you know doing things right in your personal life. Yeah, going to class. Yeah, the stuff you might it take was, it uh, granted for when you're running a successful program. Right. It's when you get a program fixed. Yeah, all that stuff is. I mean, meetings now. I mean, if if you're not there ten till, you're late. Right. I mean, you don't have to preach that anymore. No, they know. They know. Yeah. And, and and what happens if they're late? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. You had one. You had one. One of the transfer guys was. He got to weights one morning uh, two weeks ago at five fifty nine. Weight started at six, and uh, he never got in the weight room. He had he had his own personal session for about an hour. Wow. And so you just, you yeah. just they take they police themselves. Yeah. And that's when you know the program is is healthy. So yeah, has a little more discipline. You've got that stuff out of the way. Yeah. So now you're actually talking about you know competing to win games. You're realistic about you know being able to be a contender. You know it's so I think that you know I, I think you're, you're just in a whole different space right now yeah. than you were. And so the kids, the kids know it too. They feel it. You got to take care of the little things. Do those right to take care of the big things. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's take a look ahead towards the schedule. I don't, I don't want to get too deep in it, but at least the first month of September, it is set. There, the, the, everything but kickoff times. You've got, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Thursday, September second. Interesting setup in Charlotte against App State. Never an easy opponent. Uh, you come back home the following Saturday to open up in Greenville against uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks, now under new management. Yeah. Uh, then you go on the road at Marshall, and you know how tough Marshall's been over the years, and then you come back to Greenville. And I would say maybe get a break with Charleston Southern, but, man, you can't look, overlook anybody in this no. day and age of college football. So that first month of non-conference, uh, th- that'll be a, a, a hell of a challenge for you guys. Yes, that's, that's not my GMU non-conference I used to play. So. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great a great challenge. You know, Thursday night, Bank of America Stadium. You know, hopefully COVID's a thing of the past at yeah. that point, and because we have so many you know strong pirates down there in that part of the state, and Pirate Nation travels so well. What a great setup and great matchup! First game of the college football season, and uh, you know, Appalachian State will probably be top twenty-five preseason. So challenging opponent, uh, but you know, exciting, exciting way to kick off the season and to come back home and face South Carolina. You know, at home for the home opener. I mean that's our fans can't ask for a much better start to the season as far as matchups, and so hopefully we'll have fifty thousand strong in Dowdy Ficklin, uh, you know, to welcome the Gamecocks, and uh, you know, Coach Beamer, will, you know, he's, he'll be excited to kind of get his era started at South Carolina, but you know, that's that's a big one-two to start the season. What do you think it'll be like in the fall logistically with with fans? They they finally were able to let some fans in, as you know. 
towards the end of uh, last season. But the atmosphere, it just it wasn't the same, no. as you know. It was, it was anemic. It was great that some people could be there. But it, what do you think it'll be like as you look in your crystal ball for the fall? Well, I mean, I think our, our, the government... A lot of it depends on them. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the vaccines, you know, we're able to con- continue to roll out the vaccines to where truly you can eradicate the virus to the point that you don't have any capacity restrictions. Yeah. You know, I- I'm optimistic that you're going to have that. Uh, and so, you so know. So you think by the fall we could be back to That's what I hope. normal? I really do. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I hope so, too. You just, you know. They're telling us that we're going to get our vaccines at some point, you know, this spring, maybe even before spring practice starts. Um, you know that, you know, right now, people across Greenville and North Carolina are, 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 are depending on their age and yeah. what their occupation is. You're getting vaccinations. So just hopefully you can keep that, that chain moving. I think we all need it to. You know, we need it too for football. We need it too for personal business. We need it too for the economy. We yep. need it too for just mental mental health. Uh, you know, you need to get back to being able to function uh, without without fear. How big was it this year not having fans? In this, you know, football's a game obviously decided by players, uh, and you guys coaching hopefully making the right decisions for those right. players and plays. But the fans bring a lot of atmosphere to it. It yeah. sometimes can be a factor in a game, especially uh, if the other team can't communicate well because of the the crowd's so loud. There are different times where the fans can can have an Im- an effect on the game. Right. You missed that effect last year. Sure. At least most people did. Uh, how how big of a miss was that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, especially here, I mean, I, th- I think that the, the fan base is our backbone. It's It was one of the things that uh, made the job attractive when, uh, you know, when it was open. Uh, one of the things that drew me here was just the passion of the fan base. Uh, it's one of the things that draws a lot of recruits here. Uh, it does impact recruiting heavily, and so I think uh, you know they're the backbone of the program. And uh, so not having them is, you know, certainly was, you know, something that you had to deal with. Uh, it, it just was not right. You know, it just wasn't what it's supposed to be. And could you imagine the SMU game with a full house? I mean, it, yeah. As as much of you still won in a, in a blowout. But, it, I mean, it would have just been suffocating Yeah, as far as the atmosphere. I even think about when the basketball Pirates beat Houston. Yeah. For five, and then yes. what Minji's would have been like. Exactly. You guys may have had some players there, recruits or whatever. Right. I mean, it would have been a fun atmosphere. No doubt. You know? But uh, even with the ECU baseball, it's unfortunate right now they're dealing with it. You know, right. not going to be any fans, but hopefully that can change maybe by the end of the season. But uh, it is something that has uh, been sorely missed. Yeah. I think. So. And I think we'll all, we'll all appreciate uh, everything so much more when we do have it back. And I think the the players will appreciate it more. I think the the staff will. I think the fans will. Yeah, you know, they'll appreciate being able to be back together in the stadium, being able to tailgate, you know, being able to do all the things that uh, make uh, make pirate football great. Mike, we covered a lot of ground today. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like fans to know about? Nah, just excited for 2021. You know, excited to be in Greenville, North Carolina, and uh, the families. Uh, you know, it's you talk about transitioning a family and everything. I think we're pretty ingrained now, and uh, just you know, we're we're excited to be a part of Pirate Nation and excited for the future together. Last time I talked to you, uh, or it was earlier, I guess uh, last year. It was earlier last year. You talked about uh, your wife had bought in bulk. 
uh, <laughs> toilet paper. Back when there were toilet paper shortages, and all of a sudden, I guess multiple orders came, and you yeah. talked about you had a, you know, a two-year supply of toilet paper. Are you still good on uh, toilet yeah, paper at the Houston good. household? I think we're good. I thought about you. Yeah, no doubt. When I saw Amazon roll by, I was like, <laughs> I wonder if Coach is yeah, ordering I, more. I, pr- I promise you, my wife, my wife helped Amazon stock during the, during the pandemic. So, uh, but uh, nice. No, you know, th- things are good at the household. You know, I'll be glad when, you know. Uh, the kids, you know, the, some of their stuff, like middle school basketball, yeah. canceled this year, and yeah. I hate that. And just, you know, I'll be glad when they get to get back out and start doing their activities because at twelve and eight, you yep. know, they're pretty ingrained. With, Absolutely, you know, all that stuff here in the here in the community, no doubt. Well, Mike, thank you for your time today on the Pirate Radio Podcast. Great to speak with you. Great to catch up with you, and we'll uh, continue yeah. to cover the program as we always do and look forward to uh, finally a spring ball this year right. because we, we missed it last year. So well, we've we got to figure out how to get you out there. I mean, yeah, I know. We surely, gotta... surely even with COVID, uh, we can still get you out there for maybe, some Maybe of, we so. can get all vaccinated too and if, you, if we could go out there and start covering in person and not have to do everything over Zoom yeah. all the time. So. I'm, 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 I'm over Zoom. So. This is a treat though, being able to talk face-to-face. Yeah. And for those of you listening uh, on the podcast, we are six feet away, by the way. So for, <laughs> for you, COVID police, I, just well, I, got t- t- I got tested yesterday, so yeah. I'm no, I know I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't want to be blamed for anything. So. But Coach, great seeing you. We'll be uh, right. we'll be in touch. Look forward to doing this uh, again with you down the road. Th- thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing everybody. Go Pirates! And that wraps up another awesome episode of today's Pirate Radio podcast. It was an honor for me to host that with Coach Mike Houston from Pirate Football. A lot of great content and information from coaches always, and we look forward to what hopefully will be an exciting football season come this fall for East Carolina University. Remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can visit our website, PR927FM.com, and follow us on social media at PR927FM to keep up with the latest news and information. Once again, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Troy Dreyfus. So long, everyone. Thank you.